I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Art House on Quarks 96FM and C103. When I was just a little girl I asked my mother What will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me Que sera, sera Whatever will be, will be The future's not ours to see Que sera Said I, what will be, will be. When I grew up and fell in love, I asked my sweetheart, what lies ahead? Will we have rainbows day after day? Here's what my sweetheart said. Que sera, sera, whatever will be. Future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera. What will be, will be. Now I have children of my own. They ask their mother, what will I be? Will I be handsome? Will I be rich? I tell them tenderly. Whatever will be, will be The future's not ours to see Que sera, sera What will be, will be Que sera, sera Well, I put out the call just before the news at nine to say, what would be one of your favourite Doris Day songs? And one of the first texts came in to say, Hi, Elmarie and Connor. Kesarasara, I still sing it to my grandkids. Love the programme. Well, it's great to hear from you. And yes, indeed, I think if you said straight to me to name a Doris Day song, Kesarasara is bound to be one of the very first ones that comes up. And I am thrilled to welcome live into studio Linda Kenny and Alf McCarthy. Good morning. Of the Everyman Sunday Songbook team. For a very, very special tribute to Doris Day on today, her birthday. I know. Yeah, uh, so much so that uh, Linda is dressed as Doris Day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dressed as Rock Hudson. <laughs> 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 such movies as... 
I don't have a, a mic on you there, Alf. Well, I do have a mic, but I don't have mic pickup on on you. So, oh, right, okay. Give me, give me just one second. Why don't you the two of you squeeze in there together? Oh, squeeze where, where in were there. we? Anyway, where she's, were we? she's <laughs> dressed as Doris Day, and I'm dressed as Rock Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my sister had a crush on Rock Hudson. Boy, did she get a wrong number there. <laughs> Because she used to drag me to the Rock Hudson movies, you know. Oh. But yeah, Doris Day and Rock Hudson were such a fantastic pairing, to they be were. fair. You know, and they had so... They, well, how many movies did they do together? Was it uh, three? three? Yeah, yeah, three. But, but they became lifelong friends. Yeah. And I think um, that pairing, you know, they had kind of the sizzling on-screen romance, didn't they? And I suppose everyone thought there were definitely a couple outside <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, yeah. The, of the screen time. And, and like, he was so handsome and she was so gorgeous. Yeah. Like, it, it was Hollywood, you know, perfect for Hollywood. You and know, it was the beginning of the, well, I suppose that um, on-screen relationship was the moment that she transitioned from that, you know, beautiful girl next door, sunny disposition, positivity, you know, almost pastel pink to sizzling on-screen, really. Yeah. And Which was a big change. Huge change. Big change, yeah. Because let, let's go back to the start, So, I mean, like, when you bring a, a celebration of any particular star to the Everman Sunday Songbook. I know you always say, Linda, that Cotton McCabe, the director, has this incredible research done into Absolutely. all of these screen icons and these music. I think he got her on Wikipedia, to be quite <laughs> honest. I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, but what you do is, as a team, you then bring the life story and the whole body of work of that person into one show. So when people come along, they have all of the music of that era, they have the music that that star is famous for, and the whole back catalogue and and story behind that person. And Doris Day's story began as a teenager, didn't Mm, it? mm. Well, Well, Doris, I mean, obviously Doris is known as a singer and an actress, but Doris actually dreamed of becoming a professional dancer. And when she was young, she and her dance partner won this big competition and um, the prize was $500 and a trip to Hollywood. And her mother was a very ambitious mother and felt, yes, Doris had this um, uh, potential to be a huge star. So after when they went to Hollywood, she used the $500 to get them lessons in this very prestigious dance school that would have been frequented by people like Gene Kelly, Sid Cherise, you know. Wow. And uh, she was bitten by the bug and the mother said, you know what, we're going to move to Hollywood. This is where you need to be. They packed up lock, stock and barrel and on Friday the 13th of October, uh, her neighbours threw a big party for them and on the way home from the party, their car stalled on a railway crossing and they were mowed down by a train. Can you believe that? Yeah, and so, then therefore she was in a wheelchair then for the next six months and her dreams of becoming a dancer were shattered. My God. But as that dream ended, I suppose the tra- other dream began. Sorry, you know? just, just to go back, just to go back. Their car stalled yeah, on a level yeah, crossing. Yeah. And but she was hit by a train. Absolutely. Yeah. Dear God Almighty. Yeah. You yeah. know. Absolutely. What do you think? Because, like, let's, today is her 100th anniversary, if yeah. you like. So, 1922 is when she was born. Mm-hmm. We're talking, like, mid-30s. Mm. Yeah, she yeah. was a teenager at the time, yeah. yeah. To be having a Hollywood dream right then, yeah. just at the very start when, you know, movies were taken off, colour was just 
coming in on but screen. But if you also remember that time, I mean, it was the, the time of Fred Astaire. So yeah. uh, musicals were huge yes. in Hollywood at that time. So but I, like, but I, don't, I don't think she even had an ambition to be a singer and dancer. She was really just a dancer, right? Mm. Like, my so as, uh, as she was sitting, vegetating, for want of a better word, like looking out the window uh, in her wheelchair, thinking, oh my God, my dreams are crushed. She was singing along to the likes of Ella. And it was her mother who said, you know something? You actually have a good voice. And I think it was her mother drove that ambition, didn't she? Ella Fitzgerald. What an inspiration. Yeah. Well, Ella and, and um, Sinatra and uh, Bing Crosby, you know, these voices that were there. The crooners, you know, the crooners. And, yes. and she started singing along with them. Um, you know, some people kind of say, okay, she had um, a Hollywood mother, you know, the, the mom that would push her. But when you compare her mother with Judy Garland's mother, I mean, she was a witch. She was a wicked witch. Of the, she really was. She destroyed that girl. Whereas uh, Doris's mother was more caring and protective of her, as happened throughout her life. You yeah. Know? She, I mean, she brought her in the wheelchair. I think she gave her a dream. She gave her back her dream. Um, she brought her for dance or singing lessons. And then, you know, Doris got an audition with a dance band. And like, like all the great singers at that time, she crossed... Mm. America multiple times singing with dance bands and kind of honing her craft did the radio broadcasts and and then managed to transition into the movies yeah yeah what was I, the first break do you know that she had where was where where how did that happen you mean in the movies or yeah. well she learned her craft I suppose as Linda was saying there with the bands like dance bands were huge uh, at that time she the first gig was with Barney Rapp where she met her first husband and that's another story. Um, and then from Barney Rapp, then she was seen by Les Brown, who was huge. Les Brown and his band of renown, and he gave her some of her greatest hits. And she learned, she learned the craft of being a performer and being a great singer. And then along the line, along the way, somebody said, you know, wouldn't she be good in movies? Because she looked gorgeous. Because she had she that look, didn't girl, she? You know? Gorgeous. And, well, uh, yeah, stunning, stunning blonde. Like you said, the girl next door, mm. yeah. uh, pink and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, wholesome, I think, is how she was really mm -hmm. yeah. marketed. Uh, today, uh, Linda <laughs> is modelling the Doris Day look um, for your listeners at home who have colour on their radios. Uh, the uh, cerise pink. is yeah, the colour shocking, shocking pink. That's shocking what pink. it is. Um yeah, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and she said, you know, when I think about Doris, she makes me smile. And she yeah. said, I'm even smiling now just thinking about her. And the other thing uh, someone else said to me was, when I think of Doris, I remember sitting watching the movies with my dad. And and I think that's, you know, in a way, it's ironic that what we remember is this girl next door because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Doris was out of the limelight longer than she was in the limelight. Mm -hmm. but, but, but her legacy endures to this day there's such love mm. ironically we were doing a Doris Day show three years ago when she died and we yeah. were in the National Concert Hall days after she she passed away and the outpouring of love and, and the amount of people who rang me personally like like almost sympathising as if it was yeah. a family member and it was, wasn't it such a bizarre yeah. and, and also we time. could have changed the when we were in the National Concert Hall that day because she had just died a few days earlier uh, we went off script. So I came out first before the show started. And just to say, Doris Day has passed away. And you could feel, you yeah, could feel the, the, the emotion in the room, you know, the John Field room in the, the National Concert Hall. Lovely venue, you know. But, you know, we 
thoroughly enjoy the concerts, you know. It was yeah, so I suppose, <clears throat> you know, Doris's case, Sarasara, you just talk about that. I mean, what would be, would be, was there ever more an appropriate refrain for the last two years? I feel she is the perfect antidote yeah. to the last two years. And also this time of the year, uh, I was just looking, you know, popping up on Facebook, your memories come back to haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did the Doris Day show before, yeah. as you know. I heard you playing Liza earlier and uh-huh. Judy, so I'm just getting in the mood. Uh, <laughs> Go for it. Anyway, any, anywho, uh, Easter time, guaranteed Calamity Jane will pop up on the telly. Listen, I'm just after clicking on a Calamity Jane track because you were saying there someone was talking to you about sitting down and watching those big movies, you know, with, with her dad. That's one of the things I remember, not necessarily watching them with dad, but kind of, they were the, the matinees. In oh, the yes, yeah, Sunday afternoons. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a family thing. You'd sit down and you'd watch and Calamity Jane was yeah. just, what a movie. It was um, a great film because it had everything. It had, well, it had her because she was so gorgeous. Howard Keeler was so handsome. You had the love interest, you know, And going the on. sassy... And great songs yeah. and her comedic great performance. Timing. And comedic timing. That was one of her innate characteristics, was that... Yeah, she was a very funny lady. Very sharp yeah. comedic timing. Yeah, you know, in fact, speaking of which, here is one of their tracks. This is um, I Can Do Without You. Oh, oh. In the summer, you're the winter. In the finger, you're the splinter. In the banquet, you're the stew. Say... I could do without you. In the garden, you're the gopher. In the Levi's, you're the loafer. Like an overturned canoe. Well, I can do without you. You can go to Philadelphia, take a hack to Hackensack. Hey, I'll never ring a bell for ya or yell for ya to come back. In the question, you're the why. In the ointment, you're the fly. Though I know some things are indispensable, like a buck or two. If there's one thing I can do without, I can do without you. In the barrel, you're a pickle. In the gold mine, you're a nickel. You're the tack inside my shoe. I can do without you. In my bosom. You're a dagger, you're a mangy carpet bagger. In the theater, you're the boo. I can do without you. You got charms, they ain't bewitching me. You've a face no one would face. I got the darnest itch of me to be wherever you ain't. In the bullfrog, you're the crow. In the forest, poison oak. Though I know some things are necessary, my half pint buckaroo. If there's one thing I can do without, I can do without. You're not him. You're a fake. You're a bonehead. Troublemaker. I can do without you. <laughs> actually, actually, while we were um, chatting there, the two of you were messing away while that track was on. Messing? How dare yeah. you? Messing. <laughs> ultra professional. It's called method, dear. Uh, it's <laughs> messy. I don't know that Alf ever stops messing, but while <laughs> while you were also on, I also um, made a quick phone call to Maria Mangan, who has joined us on the line this morning. Good morning, Maria. Hello. Good morning, everybody. That was, that's a song you don't hear very long on the very very often on the airwaves. It is a song you don't hear very often on the airwaves. That's for sure. But it's one I imagine you're super familiar with because, of yes. course, you are a member of the Doris Day fan club. Yes. Now, this is something Linda was telling me about, and I had never heard, I suppose. I suppose, yes, you'd hear of fan clubs for various stars, but I didn't realise that the Doris Day fan club was such an active global phenomenon. Oh, yes. There's 
about there's quite a few thousand, 25,000 or more members on it. Uh, the one that I'm on anyway, I'm sure there's probably lots of other um, fan clubs, but I'm on the Facebook fan club and I discovered it some years ago as a grown-up adult and uh, <laughs> I uh, joined it. And um, yeah, it, there's loads of posts every day and lots of people who were close to Doris, actual people who knew Doris, telling their stories about meeting her and, and hanging out with her and stuff like that. So it's still active. There's plenty of people out there who still love her. They really, really are. Now, I know you're in North Cork, but you're part mm-hmm. of this global uh, fan club. Are you familiar with any other fans that are kind of around the county? I don't, know, no, because obviously there's, you know, people's locations don't come up when you see them. So I think I feel a little bit out on my own down here. I know when I mentioned her in work uh, many years ago, there was a, there was a, people around me would have went, who? Doris Day, because there's a lot of young women, younger women that I work with, so... But when you think back to why you first, I suppose, became interested in Doris or absolutely fell in love with her, is it as a child watching movies as well on yeah, telly? What happened? It would have been, yeah, yeah. Like you, were, you mentioned a few, Linda mentioned a few uh, memories. People said it reminds me of watching movies with my dad. For me, it remind, Doris reminds me of those days when I was very small, like seven or eight in the 80s, growing up in the, the sticks. And on a Sunday afternoon, um, my mom would be in the kitchen making the dinner. My dad's off doing a DIY job and my brother would be out playing football probably somewhere. And I was there by myself in my own world, watching the TV, sitting on just in front of the fireplace for some strange reason, watching these old movies in RTE on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, Calamity Jane, of course, if that came on, it was an extra special day. And I certainly had my dinner in front of the teddy that day. Um, But uh, yeah, I would have fell in love with her as a child and then rediscovered her as an adult because a lot of people only know her for Calamity Jane and the the rom-coms you mentioned there. But of course, as an adult, I I would have watched a lot more of her movies. And uh, a lot of people don't know that she was actually one of Hitchcock's blondes. He's famous for hiring these lovely, gorgeous blondes, and she's in a few brilliant thriller um, with Jimmy Stewart. She was also in other thrillers, like like with James Cagney and the likes. You know, she's not just a light-hearted, um, a light-hearted actress who was in the rom-coms and the musicals. So true, but I, I also think you've painted a picture there, you know, that describes a, f- a familiar scene to so many people sitting down watching movies and, and watching them at home um, for the Sunday matinees. And even then, like when we were children, to us they were still, like we knew those movies yeah. were were older movies from, you know, our parents or grandparents' time or whatever, but yeah, they had they still had a timeless appeal for everybody. Absolutely. I mean, my own children now are subject to those same movies um, I have two teenagers and they would watch those movies and I have to say to them, you know, these aren't from when I was a kid. These are from even further ago, like, you know, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if people wanted to get involved with the Doris Day fan club, Maria, how, how do they go about it? Oh, I'm sure you could just do a search on, like I said, it's just the Facebook one that I'm involved in. Um, just do a search on Facebook and you'd find it like you could find any other, um, there's probably fan clubs for every different movie actor around and when they are online is everybody sharing kind of clips from the movies or are there ever kind of events that happen around the world um not so much there's very little events actually um before she died there used to be a yearly thing on her birthday happy birthday today doris um on her birthday you get like live shots of people outside her house um sing, singing happy birthday to her and she'd come to the balcony and wave at people and stuff. Yeah. But um nowadays there's no I haven't really seen anything 
like that events for a long time. So when I saw Linda's event coming up and um, the great sing-along songbook, I was jumping up and down for joy saying, oh my God, I actually have a chance to see people perform Doris Day songs and appreciate her and sit in a room with other people who love her, which is just going to, I'm so looking forward to it. And I'm sure when you've shared that on the uh, Doris Day fan club page, they're all insanely jealous of what's coming up for you, aren't yes, they? Yes, yeah. There was plenty <laughs> of people saying, oh no, it's in Ireland. Oh, I wish I could move to Ireland. Enjoy it and stuff like that. Well, listen, Maria, it's just been such a pleasure for you to join the join us on the program. It's such a pleasure for us, rather, <laughs> that you joined us in the program here. Uh, I'm really, really grateful to you for that. And, uh, and thank you so much. You well. No bother. <laughs> Thanks very much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Fantastic. Thank you so so much indeed. That's Maria Mangan uh, there, a member of the Doris Day fan club. I'm so grateful that she took the time to just pop in on the chat with us there because really, really <coughs> fascinating. I, I know just listening to her there with the response on the fan club pages that there's this event happening in Ireland. If he decided to take it on the road, you could go coast to coast in the but States. But you know, they're called Daniacs. Well, she said there, obviously, that people used to go to Doris Day's house and sing Happy Birthday and she'd come out and... I actually spoke with someone who did that. Really? She flew from Northern Ireland. It was her 60th birthday present to herself. Um, <clears throat> flew out to Carmel and they had, like every year, for example, this weekend, there's a there's a lot of um, activity. They're doing um, a screening of the pyjama game with Rock Hudson. Then there's um, a drinks reception in the Cypress Inn, which was the hotel, the pet-friendly hotel that Doris owned and you know you could go with your favourite pooch your dog and the dog would be put up in luxury and you would be put up in luxury and the dogs can roam freely so they have events in there and she actually went and stayed in the Cypress Inn um, had a, an event with all fellow Daniacs from all over the world Australia, Germany I mean amazing and then the following day they were all going to the Quail in Quail Lodge Golf Course um, to wish her happy birthday because this is where she now lived and the the golf course would cordon off this part of the green and all the fans would go now there was only a selection of them she said she went her husband played a round of golf and she went you know kind of sidled into the, the fans you're talking about now people that would have been in the Doris Day show with her one guy Brian Nash who was her son on the show and they were all there hanging out and Doris came out onto the balcony it was Doris's 92nd birthday or so well, she thought yeah. at the time but like sub Subsequently, Associated Press found her birth cert and realised she was two years older. So it was her 94th birthday. And they set up this phone system and everyone was able to speak to her. And this lady, Ruth, actually got in and got the phone and said, Hi, Doris, I'm actually from Northern Ireland and I absolutely love you. And Doris said, Oh, you came. And she started to cry. And Ruth said, oh my God, she got my letters. And she started to cry. And, you know, um, she said that moment will live with her forever. She's gone back. She was actually supposed to be there this weekend, but they um, they they, were, they couldn't travel in the end uh, due to COVID. But, um, yeah, like you can't even imagine how many people are there. And the, the passion and the, the, I suppose, the celebrations that happen every single year. Mm. Incredible. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, it'll be more music from Doris and indeed some movie memories as well after this. Cork's 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious.
the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Oh, just a fantastic song. And in fact, a couple of people have requested that on the text line this morning. We are talking to Linda Kenny and Alf McCarthy live in studio about the Everman Sunday Songbook's upcoming celebration of the life of Doris Day. Uh, that's coming into the Everman. When? The end of this month? Yeah, the 24th of April and it's 7.30 as usual. 
So we hope no. <laughs> we can't wait to see everyone. <coughs> Honestly, it's so great to be back. Yeah. And the reason we're doing it today, of course, is today is her birthday. And that yeah. particular track, um, I'll always remember that one. I mean, like, obviously, you told her the golden daffodils, and she's there in this field mm. of daffodils in Calamity Jane because uh, the previous ones she'd been all, you know, Root just coming from the windy city <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all that kind of crack. And um, it was a, a fantastic, well, fast of an image change for her. But, you know, right throughout the course of her own life, she hadn't any secret love, if you like. She had a lot of them. She was married multiple times. <laughs> she was yeah, she married four times. Yeah. <laughs> four times? Four times, the, yeah. the very first one was awful. I mean, it was <clears throat> a physically abusive one and... Um, her mother put a stop to that one, but... Um, uh, he was in the band. He was in the Barney Rap Band, and he used to drop her home after gigs, and uh, she, you know, she wasn't initially kind of attracted to him, but then a friendship grew up, and the mother didn't like this... Nobody liked this guy, and even Barney Rap had pulled her aside and said, look, have you noticed this fella never smiles? Uh, but she was she was a teenager, she God's sake. 18, 19 years old, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but anyway, and number two, <clears throat> but she got pregnant. She was pregnant she, with him. Which yeah, she had a baby. She 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 had a baby with him, which became Terry. Terry. Was Terry? Was Terry? <laughs> Terry the baby. Terry the baby. And then uh, the the second husband she refers to, and she only kind of alludes to him because in her autobiography, and he, they were married for eight months. But this the third husband, Marty, really was the love of her life. He yeah. he was her best friend. He managed her affairs. He actually was the person who saw the potential in her, like you know, to move from this innocent persona to this sultry, like credible, really respected actress. actress. Yeah, he, and, and he he that put was around her, the time of Pillow Talk, wasn't it? The yes. yeah, 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 absolutely. The but ship. then he put her in movies with people like Jimmy Stewart, yeah. Clark Gable, yeah, you know the big stars. Um, Alfred Hitchcock she worked with she, Hitchcock, Hitchcock director that's what Maria was saying yes she yeah. was one of his blondes yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah so like she was a credible actress and people wanted to work with her because she was such a good actress but, but it was he was the person who, who managed that I mean he orchestrated it he got in you know stylists and he said look she's a beautiful woman like people need to see her for more than just this innocence and um, so I mean he made her a lot of money but they were both Christian scientists they didn't go to the doctor much and at all and when he died she was absolutely devastated and it was a mysterious illness that took him um, and a couple of weeks after he died her accountant brought her in and said um, I just have bad news to tell you all your money's gone he and his business partner had embezzled all her money. I mean, we're talking millions if you go back. Like 22 to the, yeah. million more. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Back in the late 50s, early 60s, you know. Left with nothing. Yeah. Starting w- widowed and destitute, you yeah. know, in the blink of an eye. And he had also signed her on to a TV series called, which became the Doris Day Show, and RT would have screened it back, That's in, right, back yeah. in the day. Um, and she didn't particularly want to do it, but she had she no had money, to. so she yeah. did it. And it became a great success. She won a Golden Globe, actually, yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, but she needed to do it because she needed to pay the bills. But, like, she didn't actually give up. She she sued the business partner. And she actually was awarded 
the full 20, she actually got 23 million which was the biggest I think settlement it was a landmark case it was yeah. a landmark case now she yeah. didn't actually get the 23 million ultimately it because, took years yeah, to settle by the time it came around and settled she had to settle for, a, for a, Just, an amount of that when you think of what she went through yeah. what she achieved and what she went through like winning a Golden Globe she was obviously also nominated for an Oscar two Oscars she, has. she got she got two, two Oscars. nominations I think she has two Oscars do you? <laughs> you're, you're thinking of Oscar Levant. <laughs> okay. We said Oscar Levant said of her, you know, because of the kind of image she had on screen, you know, always the the kind of the the, the girl next door. His great quote was, "I knew Doris Day before she was a virgin." <laughs> yeah, it was a great quote. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like but so. That was her image. She actually got a lifetime award from the Grammys as That's well. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, she. I mean, she has an unbelievable body of work and and a legacy that I suppose supersedes the image. When people think of Doris Day, they don't think of Oscars and Grammys and Golden Globes. They think of this eternal, optimistic, positive yeah. image, don't they? But she, when she was making the movie with Hitchcock, they were in Marrakesh filming, and she saw how animals were being treated, and that kind of sparked something in her. Because uh, her withdrawal from the movies really was a, a kind of a retirement that surprised people. Yeah, she went yeah. earlier. She went of her own accord. Yeah, um, yeah. at forty nine. Yeah, would you believe? Wow, yeah. forty nine. Uh, and and there was Hollywood was still interested in mm, her. They huge. wanted her actually to be in the movie South Pacific. And wow. Mitzi Gaynor got it. She wow. said no. They wanted her to be in, she was up for The Graduate. That's right, Mrs. Robinson. And yeah. she stood back from that because she thought it was a bit lewd. <laughs> okay. And even up to, was it like 2015, Clint Eastwood, who was a neighbour of hers in Carmel, uh, wanted her in a movie and they were talking and she declined. She just devoted the, to, the, to the, the rest of her life, yeah. in fact, the greater yeah. part of her life. Yeah. To animal welfare, then wasn't that yes, it? her yeah. animal sanctuary? She, she that's and it made us so so happy. She adopted, I mean, dozens and dozens of animals, and yeah, and of course the hotel as well. You know, like that was just her big love, and she was quite content to do that. But it's interesting that so many people would make this pilgrimage almost to Carmel every yeah, year. Yeah. To, to just even spot her if they could on the streets. Yeah. Like she wasn't quite a recluse though, so she wasn't. She wasn't quite a recluse, but as she got older, I think as happened in, in earlier years, as Linda was telling us there about when her money was embezzled from her, she fell into the hands of people who were minding her, inverted okay. commas, and controlled her entire estate. Uh, so much so that her, was it her grandson couldn't access uh, you know, years later, they did, you know, he was shunned. He was, wow. You can't see your granny kind of thing. Well, they had that kind of control, you know. Genie, that's desperate. Mm. So, well, uh, you know, I, I suppose they were they were looking after her because I'm sure that there were a lot of people who would be predatory and want, you know, but you, you wonder about motives. And, yeah, and, ah, yeah. Uh, not altruistic, I would have thought. Well, I don't, look, they, they were, they were, they shared the same passion for the animal sanctuary. So, you know that we don't know and and animals were well. yeah <laughs> animals were just such a huge part of it she made programs about animal welfare and care and that yeah. sort of thing as well didn't she yeah yeah and and she um she also did some broadcasting on a christian channel uh, and that didn't last long. I but, didn't know that. Yeah. See, I know all these things. You do. And, and that, you go back much further but than this me, is though. <laughs> I go back to the mi- Middle Ages. In, fa- in fact, I remember the Vikings when they came here. And I, I remember their art, Connor. Um, 
Yeah. But the other side of it as well, of so course. So far back it goes. The other side of it as well, of course, is that people can find out all of these th- details, the stories that are woven behind them and more by coming along to the Everman yeah. Sunday Songbook at the end of April. And you know that the lovely thing about the Everman Sunday Songbook for people who are familiar with it, uh, <laughs> this will not be a revelation, but for those who haven't been there, we actually, pro- we project the lyrics. Uh, we, uh, we, we use a giant screen, so there's video projection and, uh, um, and photos, but we project the lyrics and we encourage everyone to sing along with us. There is no fourth wall between us and the audience. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I always remember uh, Cahal McCabe, our, our director, was in the bar before a show once and I don't... I, was He's it? always in the bar before. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been the story of Nelson Eddy and Jeanette MacDonald or something. And this gentleman came in and Cahal said, are you here for Nelson Eddy and Jeanette MacDonald? And he said, this man said, who? <laughs> and, and he said like well like you're here for the show and he said oh I'm just here for the sing song and oh, I thought isn't that just lovely, yeah, fabulous yeah. That, that that you know singing makes you happy and joyous exactly yeah I, I, I said to somebody it. recently um, the Doris Day show it's not a documentary we're doing mm-hmm. it's an entertainment yeah and that's what it's all about because we have great fun we you know? have so much fun we, we really do and we probably have too much fun really. <laughs> but, but, but I think when you have fun on stage I mean we're all doing we're all performing together for so long the band Yvonne backstage like there's nine of us and we're like a band of merry men and we travel around the country together and so we've got that lovely vibe family vibe so you know when, when people have that sense of confidence in what you do and they see that you're having fun it rubs off on the audience, you know, and it's been really hard. I mean, we we have done a few live gigs, but with people with masks, you know, and and it's very hard for the audience because you know you want to be able to sing out, and it's very hard for us because that connection is through the face yeah. and smiling. I think when you smile up at a, uh, an, a you know performer and we smile back, that engagement elevates it does, oh, it yeah. completely the does. enjoyment we, we, we did a couple of virtual yeah. ones uh, uh-huh. around the Christmas time during Covid and it didn't have the same feel and the first show we had back uh the first time I, I looked at I looked across at you because I got a lump in my throat when the audience started singing it was like and they took over the song yeah. we, you actually stopped singing on oh, stage I was emotional too. and they carried it and it was like Wow, this, mm. this is special. Really and the thing is. about this show, though, is song after song after, after song, song after yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, impossible, I'd say, to kind of whittle them down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, her her um, her body of work is huge, and 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 you know, even though you might say, "Oh, I only know Casey on Secret Love," then we start singing, you go, "Oh my God, I know that! Yeah, I know yeah. that! Oh, yeah. sh- that was her song!" You know, <laughs> and that's the lovely thing about those shows is that you realise, you know, they they recorded so many songs that you didn't realise were their songs, you know. Yeah. And um, and even if you don't know the words and you only kind of half know the tune, you'll still end up singing, you know. Completely. Listen, lads, for all of the movies she had, the multiple recordings and the... I suppose generations of memories that people actually share. There's so many reasons why people should check out the Everman Sunday Songbook on the 24th of April. But also, I'm so delighted 
that the two of you called in on today, her birthday, despite the fact that she did shave two years off her own age when she was. I, I shaved two years off my age, too. so I'm I'm not retired. Why? Not? I'm available. Why not? Why not? Why not? Listen, thank you so much, Linda thank Kenny, thank Alf you McCarthy. For us. Um, delighted that you came into studio. Wishing you all the best of luck with that, and indeed, whatever trips all around the country, this show will bring you on again. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. admit you love me and so how am I ever to know you always tell me perhaps 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 a million times I've asked you and then I ask you over again you only answer If you can't make your mind up, we'll never get started. And I don't want to wind up being parted, broken hearted. So if you really love me, say yes. But if you don't, dear, confess. And please don't tell me.